Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double, double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you? Is I am on? amazing this morning. Am I on? I think I'm on. Anyway... You- well, I think so. Oh, I can hear you. Oh, that's good. That's what counts then. Yep. <laughs> if you can hear me, everyone else can hear me too. All right, sounds good. Okay, so what's happening in the world of uh, well, no, what the what the world in the world of Liam this morning? In the world of Liam. Um, well, on the way to on the way to work this morning, I was driving past just down the road from where we where we do our show from the the North New South Wales conference office. Just down the road from here is the Macquarie College School. And as I was driving past that school, I saw a dog, uh, a little stray dog, running past, and it just, it just put a little spark in into my into the, the drive, and it was just really positive for me to to see that dog. And uh, although it might have, I don't know what the dog situation was, but seeing the dog. It, yeah, it made my morning. Pretty I think good. you need a dog. I I, I vote. I vote. Liam gets a dog. Who votes? Liam gets a dog. I vote. Liam gets a dog. Uh, producer Shelf. She votes. Liam gets a dog. I do. I, think it I do have a dog at day. home. Um, it's not my dog though. But the the moment I have my own house, I am going to be getting because yeah, home for you is in uh, Cairns or somewhere. Yeah, else. So your, your dog is along. You're way long. I'm way not allowed dog. a dog at Cairns home because my dad has a. a he, he does not like dogs. Oh. Uh, that has go. been a, a conversation had many times in my house mm-hmm. about dogs. In fact, that if you want to get a cat, that's how you get a dog. That's how you, you, you do it. You pester him about a dog for so long that you get a cat. There you go. That's actually unusual. It's uh, usually the other way around. But yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm thankful for laminations this morning. We might touch on that in just a moment. Yeah. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Yeah, so basically, you know, I'm a cabinet maker by trade. Yep. And uh, laminations are one of those ways where you can take uh, something really amazing and use it really economically. Right. So if you've got some really amazing timber, you can use it economically because you kind of use it over and over and over again. But uh, it's also one of those ways of making really, really strong beams. I bought some of those yesterday. Can't wait Rock to use them. Of ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood From thy wounded side which flow Be of sin the double pure Save from wrath and make me pure Not the labor of my hands Can fulfill Demands could my seal no respite no could my tears forever flow all could never sin atone thou must save and thou
Listening to the Norton Hall Band with Rock of Ages. This is the Breakfast Show. Get ready to answer the quiz. Indeed. Okie dokie. So the quiz this morning. Oh, I just looked at the answer. It's a bit of a tricky one, I think. Um, who am I? I am without mother or father, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life. Who is this person? This is a very interesting person. Um, if you think you know the answer... I do. Give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or send us a text with 0491-064-669. And the prize that we've got for this morning, that is the correct answer, Lyle, uh, the prize that we've got for you this morning is the same prize that we had as the giveaway yesterday. We thought that it was a it was a wonderful prize and it was a little bit popular, so we thought we'd we'd pump it out again this morning as, um, as the, the quiz prize. So, yeah, it is Should Christians Keep the Jewish Feasts? This is a book by... Doug Batchelor. Okay, so this is a really important uh, subject, a really important question to answer because, you know, Passover is coming up. And, Indeed. and of all of the Jewish feasts that are popular amongst, you know, a certain group of Christians, Passover is probably the most popular. So is this, is this something that we should be doing? We, we need to find out the answer to this. What does the Bible actually say on it? And Doug Batchelor will answer your questions there and uh, you will have uh, some scripture references to go to that will be very, very clear on this particular subject. So if you know the answer, who was this person who didn't have father or mother or beginning of days? or end of years, then give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669. Now, don't forget, this Saturday morning, very important announcement right now, this Saturday morning, 9.30 to 10.30, we have uh, interactive small group Bible study uh, happening right here on Faith FM Radio 
and that's where uh, you need to be. Join us right here for a great Bible study discussion as we dig into the Scriptures on Saturday morning, 9.30 to 10.30. Matt Parra and myself here on Faith FM. Liam. Yes, indeed. I've got a couple of... uh, I've got two stories that are different stories, but are, are almost identical. They've got to do with face masks. Okay, now there's a, um, there's a, there's a student studying at the, uh, the Eastern Kentucky University in, in, in Kentucky, and she's studying education uh, for sign language and, and people of hard, that are hard of hearing, but for deaf people, essentially. And one big issue at the moment that, sign, that people who use sign language are experiencing is that they, when they go to see doctors or when they communicate with people who are wearing face masks, they can't actually communicate properly because although sign language is, has a lot to do with hands and, and signs and, and using your hands, a very important part of sign language is using your face. And you use your face in sign language for expression, for grammar, for punctuation, stuff like that, to just bring the conversation to life. Just like when you're talking, you use your face, your facial expressions to help deliver a certain message. Yeah, 80% of uh, communication is nonverbal. Exactly. Um, in, in this situation, 100% of communication is, is nonverbal because... No words are spoken, but um, but yeah. So what one lady has done? But if you take away, if you take away uh, facial expressions, you've taken away like sixty percent of your communication yeah. ability right there. Absolutely. And you and I can make up for that by using words. Yeah. But a deaf person can't. No. So this is something that they require. And while the while this coronavirus crisis has been happening, doctors and and, and not only doctors, but but everyone around are wearing masks. And people and these people that use sign language, they can't see people's face. They can only see half their face because the face mask masks the face. Um, so what one student from the university, the Eastern University of Kentucky, has decided to do is create a face mask with a clear plastic window. And she's she's created up uh, set up a GoFundMe page. She had to actually shut it down because she reached her goal quite quickly of three thousand three hundred dollars. And yeah, so that's I thought that was something that was pretty amazing. Okay, so my question is, how does this actually work? Because you can't breathe through plastic. No, well, it's 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 one portion, like a, a size of the mouth. Yes, but as you, yeah, it's big enough to. So it breathes around. Yeah, the it breathes it around. The breathe plastic. through the no. breathe, breathe. Okay, my next question is, what what stops it from fogging up? Oh, that one is a. That's something that came to my mind too. Um, I think that, I think this is a great initiative. Yeah. It's fantastic, and and you know all power to this person. This is something that uh, absolutely you know those of us who have good hearing don't actually stop and think that often about people who are suffering from deafness. Yeah, um, so really good initiative right here, and I hope it goes really well. And I hope they're able to uh, you know solve all those problems that uh, may arise. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think this is I think this is a fantastic initiative. And people that have been wearing face masks, especially doctors in particular, after a week of being in the doctor's office or wherever they are, they look like they've been in a boxing match. You know, their faces are bruised, their eyes are, are sore. That there's just and this is from wearing face masks. Yes, we were not created with masks across no, our face. No. This was not how we were designed to be. So, uh, moving up north from Kentucky to Canada, it's a lot further north. Um, but to, in Canada, there's a Boy Scout who has tried to ease the pain a little bit, um, especially for the ears, because when you put your face mask on, you put the straps around the ears. 
what this guy in Kentucky has done, he's created like a, another extra strap that goes on the back of your head and you sort of connect the straps of the face mask to that plastic strap to keep it off your ears. Yeah, because my ears get super sore. Yeah. I just hate the things. Um, and yeah, it's sort of just them digs, red roll. digs into the back of your ears and by taking it off the ears and just putting it, uh, a couple of buttons on, a, on the end of a strap. And I think that would probably be fairly easy for a lot of people to even make one up, you know, yeah. a, a, a simple strap, a couple of buttons on it, hook the uh, hook the face mask straps to those buttons and away you go. That's it. Much yeah. more comfortable. Just make it a little bit easier and a little bit less painful for the long term for those people uh, helping us out in the doctors. Amazing what humans uh, come up with when you know we're faced by a time of crisis like this, which is out of the ordinary. Indeed. And keeping on... The, uh, our stories have all been pretty much connected this morning. Keeping on with the doctor's surgery, over in Ireland, the Irish Prime Minister, whose name is Leo Varadkar, he has, in the past month, re-registered re-registered himself as a medical practitioner. Um, in 2013, he was deregistered because he came into politics. But in wake of the coronavirus crisis, the Irish government sent out a cry for help saying, um, for asking every, every anybody who's eligible to, to, re- re-register. to re-register or to become a doctor again to do so. So this might be students who were in their last year of university or old doctors who are no longer doctors and the prime minister was one of these people and what he did is one one day a week he takes a break from being the prime minister to 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 do one shift at his local uh gp to help yeah fantastic and i think this is just amazing leadership right here absolutely uh this is a model of servant leadership and i think that this is the kind of thing you know if you want to get re-elected you want to gather votes then this is a move that i haven't seen anybody else around the world doing and of course you know there's a lot of other people from around the world that don't actually have the um the skill set to be able to do that yeah but let's all look for ways that we can serve others rather than like, well, you know, I'm the Prime Minister, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other. Yep. Um, let's f- look for ways that we can serve others. We all need to be doing something in a time of crisis such as this to um, to alleviate the suffering that is in the world around us right now. So yeah. if we all do our little bit, it's going to make the difference. It, it is indeed. And I think a lot of the Prime Ministers around the world, well, a lot of the, the world leaders, they've all really had to step up in this time. Definitely. And Definitely. I think for the most part, they all have been, which has been wonderful to see. And it's possibly one of the reasons why Boris Johnson's come down so hard with uh, coronavirus is, you know, typical Prime Minister overworking. Yeah, he you know, didn't stop. You, you don't want to be doing that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, time of crisis, how do you stop? That's it. This is uh, Melissa Rotto, and she's going to bring to us uh, one of her songs called Can You Hear? Now behind, no more need to be brave. For though we walked through darkest night, now we walk into endless day. Can you hear the voice of him singing as we go? Yeah. 
Father of life is King and forevermore to reign. That was Melissa Otto with Can You Hear? You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And Liam is about to bring you the second clue for the quiz. Indeed. Clue number two for this morning. Though I am an Old Testament character, my name is found four times more often in the New Testament than it is found in the Old Testament. Mm, who might that be? Who you know the answer. That? 1-800-324-843, that's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or text us on 0491-064-669. And, your, and the prize Doug Batchelor book on uh, feast days will be coming your direction. Indeed. Okay, so looking around the world at some more serious news, um, well, just very quickly, in Wuhan, after 76 days, so that was back in January 22, residents are able to leave their homes for the first time other than to simply get groceries. Of course, every movement that they have in relationship to the virus is tracked on an app on their phone, and so they're either red, green, or orange, and if they're green, then they're actually able to travel outside of the city. Green means that they have not come in contact with anyone who has come in contact with anyone who has come in contact with the virus, basically. Really covering um, so, their tracks. So they're really uh, tracking every individual person very, very closely. Uh, but the virus is still raging around the world, which begs the question, is this going to produce a second wave of infections in Wuhan as they start to open the doors? We don't know. It will be interesting to see what happens. Of course, this is not a, just a free-for-all. This is a gradual winding back. And I tend to think that if they gradually wind it back to, say, Australian-level lockdown, they yeah. can probably control it. But we will see what happens. The big news, of course, that has been going since just after the breakfast show yesterday morning Indeed. is uh, the release of George Pell. He is a free man. Cardinal George Pell, the High Court, has quashed his conviction, saying that there is room for reasonable doubt. Yeah, you'd think that in the times we're in, it'd be almost impossible to knock coronavirus out of the news. But, but George Pell has. He managed to do it. 
And if you if you look at the news feeds that are coming through, you know, uh, eighty to ninety percent of the news feeds, you know, over the past couple of weeks have been coronavirus yeah. stories. Yeah. And now suddenly, about maybe thirty percent of them are George Pell stories. Now I find that interesting, even still, because you know this is Australia's. Uh, biggest high court case, if not second biggest high yeah. court case. Uh, the only one that would rival it would be Lindy Chamberlain. Yeah. And uh, for something that big to still be being pushed out of the news by coronavirus is, wow, that's, mm. that's significant. But anyway, um, the interesting thing about this, of course, is that we are now going to be able to read the Royal Commission report into... Um, George Pell's involvement in uh, covering up, you know, institutional child abuse. That, of course, that was heavily redacted, yeah, yeah. and rightfully so during the during the criminal trial. Mm. Uh, now that will be released, it will be able to be tabled in Parliament. We will be able to uh, read what actually was said and in the, within that report and uh, see which way it goes. Yeah, it will be particularly interesting for the civil uh, suits that are still pending against George Pell. Um, but we'll be able to, yeah, really get our, a, a better understanding of what took place there. Okay, the question is, will it be tabled in Parliament? They've got their hands kind of full with the coronavirus right now, so it's a good question. Um, I hope that it is. I look, I don't think it's going to be done in the immediate future. Well, I, I'd like to see it happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that would be reasonable. Yeah, but once um, once things have maybe just started to settle. Or, or once, yeah. once they've, well, once I they've, I, I think it needs to be out there. Yeah, I'm all for transparency on these things. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, um, there are a number of victims who still have uh, civil actions against um, George Pell. Some of them are about to be launched. Some of them have already been launched and put on hold until after this process was over. And so uh, these are launched, uh, are being launched by victims and uh, victims he. Uh, of priests that he knew, allegedly knew, were yeah. perpetrators. Yeah. Um, and so these are claims that focus on compensation and uh, can proceed um, once a criminal conviction has been overturned because the issue here is not criminality, it is liability. Yes. Two different issues with two different levels of proof required. So in criminality, it must be beyond reasonable doubt. And yeah. the High Court has found that uh, it was impossible for this to be beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. There was reasonable doubt. And if there is reasonable doubt, then he is innocent. Uh, a civil case, on the other hand, is not judged based on the level of beyond reasonable doubt, but rather on the balance of probabilities. Right. So which way does the balance of probabilities go? And so the father of the other boy who was abused, who yep. committed suicide, suffered from uh, PTSD. Yeah. Um, he's going to p pursue for compensation, uh, of course, along with a number of other people. So, yeah, he's not out of the woods yet, and it will be interesting to see whether he ever does get out of the woods yeah. before he dies of old age or... You know, some disease that might come along. You know, he's not a he's not a young person. I think he's what seventy eight years old now. So yeah, the, I I heard somewhere that regardless of whether he was convicted or whether he was found guilty or or not guilty, the uh, the, the Catholic Church wasn't going to reinstate him 
because of his old age. Whether that's to cover up or whether that's to you know because it's actual, actual yeah. That, well, he's past he's past the age of seventy five where you yeah. can serve at the Vatican. So yeah. it's it's highly unlikely that he'll go back to the Vatican. I mean, who would go to the Vatican right now? The Vatican is Locked a landlocked country in Italy. Yes, um, and who wants to be in Italy right now? No, but. Um, he, yeah, it's unlikely that he go that back, back there. But he's seventy eight, so he's past you know the age of seventy five when it's kind of mandatory retirement for those yeah. guys there anyway. Yeah. Um, the big question that is going to come up in the civil court cases, of course, is the case in relationship to uh, Father Ted Bales, who was abusing children and who, under Cardinal Pell's leadership, was moved from school to school to school, Yeah, which was kind of standard practice back in the day yeah. when they found someone was a pedophile. They believed, okay, we can heal this person, we can fix this person by moving them away from the child that is tempting them, so to speak. That was the that was the kind of language and the thought process that was used, which yeah. was just really, really The child is, is not the problem. That, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just horrific stuff. But it was the way that people thought about yeah. it back in, you know, back in the day. And so if this guy was being moved, the question is, if he was being moved by Cardinal Pell, was that happening because Pell knew what was going on? And that's what that civil case yeah. uh, will revolve around, um, which will be beginning imminently now. I imagine that the criminal case has been thrown out and he's been found innocent of criminal charges. Uh, another big question that's going to have to be dealt with is what's going to happen to the buildings that have been stripped of his name. So a whole bunch of schools have taken his name off their buildings and so forth. Uh, St. Patrick's College in Ballarat is going to wait release of the Royal Commission findings before they do anything about uh, their change of names. But even still, when somebody's name has been tainted this badly, do you really go ahead yeah. and, and put their name back on your school? Or, or are we going to forgive... George Pell in the same way that we forgave, say, Lindy Chamberlain. Yeah. You know, because Lindy Chamberlain is very, very rare to find anybody who still holds her as being guilty today. Yes. Uh, this was the other, you know, the, probably the other of the two big cases that the High Court has, the two biggest cases. And, you know, in, in, in three, five, ten, twenty years from now, uh, we're going to look back and say, oh, that was a terrible thing that we did to George Pell, in the same way that we look back and say that was a terrible thing that we did to Lindy Chamberlain. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, proceeds. Very different circumstances because, of course, George Pell is in the middle of, you know, a global scandal. Yeah. Um, and I tend to think that his reputation won't bounce back as quickly as Lindy Chamberlain's reputation did. It is a time that we need to uh, face up to the reality that the High Court has found him innocent. We need to accept that, and we need to be praying for the Catholic Church uh, at this particular time that they make the right decisions in relationship to what they do. Um, of course, the Governor-General has the opportunity and has not done so of stripping him of his Order of Australia. It's highly unlikely that that will happen now. Yeah. Um, it seems that he would maintain that. But the other thing, uh, another another aspect is that the Vatican has its own investigation, the Office of the Inquisition, um, uh, which is also called the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, has an open investigation into George Pell. That will most likely be closed. 
Yeah. Because when, uh, you know, the court case in Australia where they have more evidence and they're closer to the circumstances finds him innocent, it's unlikely that they will proceed across there in the Vatican. Anyway, we're going to move on. This is Ron and Paddy Valiant with Psalms 20, verse 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That was Ron and Patty Valiant with Psalms 20, verse 7 and 8. Uh, what's our next clue there? Nobody's got this one yet. Not it's quite yet. an obscure one, but I like this I like this quiz clue. I've got indeed. a great prize today. We do uh, indeed. By Doug, Doug Batchelor. Highly, uh, highly sought after author there. Mm-hmm. Clue number three. You could say that Levi tithed me. Tithed to me, rather. You could, you could say, say that. that Levi tithed to me. You could also say that Levi didn't. You could. It's... It's yeah, but you could say you could say you could certainly say that he did. In either of those would be correct. There answers. would be. So this is an interesting person right here. If you think you know the person that could have done this, give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or send us a text with the correct answer at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And of course, if you are the first person in with the correct answer. We will be sending you a copy of Should Christians Keep the Jewish Feasts Feasts by Doug Batchelor. Well, uh, joining us on the phone this morning is David Haupt for his weekly update on emotional health. David, welcome to the show. Good morning, gents, and good morning to your listeners. Now, David, I have a very important question this morning, and that is in relationship to 12-step programs, which we normally associate with, say, Alcoholics Anonymous, but there are other forms of it that uh, you find with you know people dealing with you know addictions to uh, say for instance some um, gambling or pornography or whatever but alcoholics anonymous anonymous the uh, the original the biggest and the most uh, widespread of course these meetings have come to an end 
Um, I'm thinking probably, you know, there'd be quite a number of our listeners who would uh, have been a part of these at some point in their life. If someone is a part of a 12-step program and they no longer have that support base, what are they to do during this time of lockdown? It's such an important question that you're asking. Let me uh, just broaden our scope a little bit this morning, uh, Lyle, before I directly answer your question. I want to remind our listeners that addictions is far more than just alcohol and drugs. It can be behavioral addictions. It can be power addiction. It can be uh, position, you know, position that are hold in a company. It can be uh, uh, money. It can be material stuff that uh, all are part of addictive behaviors. And even uh, for Christians, religiosity is a form of addictive behavior. One of the newest forms of coined addiction that we find is that of uh, techno addiction, which so many of our young people are addicted to. Uh, Lal, do you realize that Alcoholics Anonymous was an utter failure when it started off? I, I, no, I did not know that because I've, I've, you know, I've known a number of people who have gone through Alcoholics Anonymous and have done, you know, it's just completely transformed their lives. You know, that, that combined with, of course, the fact that they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's where I'm heading, because the moment that they brought God into this 12, 12 step program, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I became a huge success. So did it originally start as a non-God program that's where that's where it started and where it's heading at the moment is that god can be anything which is kind of so, another version of non-god of, of, of where it started off with so for our listeners i, I want to re- ask them the question this is the debate within christian therapy the question whether addiction is due to sin or is it due to a disease Hmm. And uh, there's a lot of debate around that. And I'm still heading towards answering your initial question. I would like to propose that it is for both. Listen to Romans 6, 6. It says, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. So, Sin enslaves us. So often addiction starts off trying to mask something that is prominent in my life, something that I battle to give up, something that I want to maintain in my life, but I feel that I can't keep control. Down in Cabramatta, when I started off working in Australia uh, 22 years ago, um, I asked my clients this question, why do you shoot up heroin? And they say to me to feel nothing. And initially I couldn't understand because I'm I'm a complete abstainer of anything that is related to to addictive behaviors. And uh, it was only later that I realized that they are unable to cope with certain memories and pain and emotional events in their life. And therefore they use an addictive agent to try and numb that. So in other words, uh, where it initially starts off uh, a substance taking the place which only God should have, 
which is therefore an enslavement to a psychological, emotional distrust in God, eventually leads to a dependency where it becomes a disease which I cannot live without anymore. So if so, we take God out of the equation then, the whole system is just simply going to collapse. Exactly. And one of the primary factors of AA is that they need to admit that they are powerless to overcome their addiction and therefore needs to surrender to the almighty power of God. And here, my death cannot be God. My my house cannot be God. No other thing can take the place that can, in actual fact, create that power to give me overcoming of an addictive nature. So what I have found working in the field of addictions uh, so many years ago was people that are still pointing the finger to others for where they're at in their life is not ready for change. The moment that they acknowledge that, yes, I've most probably been brought up in a horrible circumstances, uh, had not the best in life, not, not, not the best background, but you know what? The choices that I've made is what brought me to the situation. The moment that people get to that point, they are ready for the transformation because then if they then can plug in to the one who cannot be shut off with COVID-19, in other words, the one that can go past that door without being infected, Jesus Christ, that they can connect with him, acknowledge their inability to change, but ask him to come into the home, into their life, into their room, and take possession of their thoughts, their memory, even their uh, desires and wants, and make him Lord and Savior of their life. They've got a far greater chance of overcoming their addiction. And so this would be one of the reasons why, you know, I've, I've heard of people within the 12-step program talking about relying on a power outside of themselves. That's correct, yeah. Because the, yeah. The, the, the popular philosophy today is that God is within yourself, and so really what Alcoholics Anonymous is teaching is that uh, no, self is actually the problem and that there is a power outside of yourself and only as we reach out to that can we break our addiction, which is exactly what the Bible teaches. People realizing that um, they are in actual fact a broken self, a broken person, and therefore need the power of the Almighty God to transform and change their life. And and while those that have explored the Word of God would have discovered the transformation that takes place in a person's life, the ability of of the Word of God to to take a, an addict to become a person that lives not just soberly, but one that reaches out to those around them that are broken themselves. Uh, someone who is a, a beater of, uh, uh, a, a woman beater of his wife and his children, domestic violence, becoming a loving spouse, a loving parent. The transformation is tremendous in the power of God. Mm, and they I think need that to come. But they need to come to that point where they realize, I cannot do it myself anymore. I need that power. I need to surrender. 
And you and I have seen that ch- that change that has taken place in people's lives. I think that a lot of people, you know, who are within the community, they find somebody who is, you know, addicted to substances and who is abusing their family, and they kind of have this attitude: well, they're never going to change. That's who they are. Uh, we just need to separate ourselves from them. And there is, they definitely need to separate themselves from them, from from those people for a time, but they need to also recognize that there is a God out there who can change lives. And you and I have seen lives changed as a result of that. We've got mutual friends that we've seen whose lives have been transformed and changed mm. with a dramatical transformation. Lyle, one of the the worst lies that we tell ourselves is that I am who I am because of how others have treated us. Mm. That's a lie. Absolutely. I actually... I actually am the person out of choices that I make. By the way, no one can make me angry. I choose to become angry. Yes, yes. It is choices that I've made. But there's a powerful uh, neuro uh, pathways that have been formed from very early in our life. The way that we observed how others have, have acted and reacted, how we from very early ourselves have reacted. And those neuro pathways needs to be changed with new neuro pathways. Mm. And that starts, that transformation starts by recognizing that the choice is mine. I actually need to make a choice. Who will control my life? And the choice is not between whether I or others will control my life, but the choice is in reality, will I surrender to the power of Satan or addiction who is controlled by Satan? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that is enslavement. God sets free Satan enslaves. So there's a couple of messages that I'm hearing coming through here, just you know, straight off the bat, and that is that if you are a part of one of these twelve step programs, then and, and and it is a secular program, then the real key to making that work is to recognize your brokenness, recognize the need of an outside a power outside of you to change and recognizing that that power outside of you is God, is Jesus Christ. Exactly. Well, my first uh, 10 years in Australia as an immigrant, I worked in the field of addictions. And at one occasion, I was invited by interagency meeting to be a guest speaker. I asked them what they wanted me to speak on. They said, tell us what you've done with client X. I'm using X as uh, trying to hide the identity of the client. And um, when I met with them, I realized that they were an interagency meeting group of faith-based agencies, but who had given up on the Bible, the, the biblical principles, in their therapy they all had had a a go with client x and they said to me after client x have gone to your program we've seen a dramatic change what have you done tell us what is the secret the secret lay in the fact that i brought that person to the point where they had to acknowledge that they have no ability to transform and i got him to open the word of god 
and start to find his strength in a personal identity in what God says about him, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would like to suggest to your listeners that while they are self-isolating, that they actually dust off the Word of God, which is called the Word of God because there's power in it. It is God speaking into their life. Mm. And from what you've just said there, that would be the single most powerful thing that uh, people suffering from addictions could do in um, in taking this taking this time and working their way through this whole lockdown period. Exactly, make it a personal journey with God. Mm. Use this time mm. to do that. David, we've just a little bit, little bit of time left. Um, are there other asp- other things that they can be doing during this particular time? And you know, starting here, starting with going to God, starting with going to the Word of God, opening the Bible, spending some time there every day. Are there other things that they need to be doing during this time period as well? I, f- I found while I was working with people battling with addictions that boredom is one of their greatest enemies. So as boredom takes hold of them, their mind drifts back to the emotional baggage that they are battling with. So occupying their time, studying the Word of God, um, doing exercise program. In other words, working out a strict regi- regime um, from the moment that they wake up to, in the morning till the evening when they go to bed, uh, that they actually structure their day. Take out the unknown out of their day and plan it, what they're going to do the moment that they get up, right up to the moment they're going going to go and sleep. Make sure that they get adequate sleep. Disengage from stressful things because the more stress happens in their life, the more their brain goes into overdrive into the distant past experiences. Seek each day for things and write it down, things that they can thank God for, for the blessings that they've received. Maintain an exercise program, make sure that they eat well, as well as that they drink, hydrate themselves sufficiently. And then make sure that they analyze their own thinking, because there's a lot of distortions in our thinking, and that they then allow the Word of God to help them to rectify their distorted thinking and especially focus back onto the Word of God. David uh, Helped, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That was David Helped uh, bringing us some uh, great tips on dealing with this lockdown period. You're the one who comes You come to set the captives free You're the one who comes To stand between me my enemies, you're the one who comes to break the lies that I still believe. The lies that never leave. So come and have your way. Come and have your way. Cause I'm letting go. He's abundantly more than I wish for and more than I hope for more than anything I can conjure up. 
you to be God's hands and feet in your communities, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Remember to call your friends and family and ask if there's anything they need, whether it's food, some toilet paper or just a chat. Little things like this make a big difference to loved ones who just want to know that you're safe and sound. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Try to take control Cause I get scared When I can't see the end And all you want From me is to let go Yeah. 